everybody. Welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast. Craig Schaub here with George Thomas from the Akron Beacon Journal. If George is here, that means we are talking about entertainments, whether it's movies, streaming. Today we're talking about some streaming uh, on Apple TV Plus debuting on April 22nd as they call me magic. Um, not to be confused with uh, the HBO drama winning. <laughs> this is a, a probably a little bit more of a grounded uh, look at Magic Johnson, uh, a four-part documentary. Uh, although I will say that Winning Time has never really said that it's a docu-series. It's more of a fictionalized uh, embellishment, maybe, of the, the Lakers' rise to the dynasty of the 1980s. But uh, I, I enjoy Winning Time. I know you enjoy Winning Time, uh, George. Um, how do you, uh, what do you make of They Call Me Magic, which is more documentary style? Um. I've watched two or four episodes and I like what I'm seeing so far, but I'm also this let's go to the, 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 the Michael Jordan 30 for 30. Okay. Yeah. From what I understand, Jordan did not appear a lot in that. From what I recall, right. Magic is all magic is all over this. So it's definitely a documentary from his perspective. Okay. Told Makes sense primarily by him for him and for his audience and um so far you're not gonna get all the warts you're not gonna get all the true the, the true stories and that's not to say you're getting that in winning time because you and I both know you're not getting that in winning time as a matter <laughs> of fact Jerry West has asked yeah. for a retraction related yeah. to 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 his portrayal in yeah. winning time. By the same token, you're you're. I sit there, I watch that, and I I'm going back in my mind. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can see this, I can see that. Um, you know, they dealt, they deal fairly well with his relationship with his wife, then girlfriend, and how, if we're being honest, he strung her along for years while he was enjoying his uh, life in L.A. Yeah. And, and and with the focus being on basketball, of course. So it's good enough to where I'm going to finish it. That's the best way to put it. Um, and it, it and it's nice to hear it from his perspective, uh, in a lot of ways. What's what's shocking to me, and they'll probably they'll probably get into it the next couple episodes. Is I don't know how well you know the history of the NBA, the history of the, the NBA, let's call it from the Showtime era up to the now modern era. era. <clears throat> Sorry. But Magic had a close relationship with Isaiah Thomas mm. of the Detroit Pistons. Right. It, it leans heavily into that in, in the first two episodes, which I found fascinating because – they show a Magic Johnson who was so consumed with being a competitor that something he did severely damaged that relationship. So okay. it's it's definitely definitely worth your time. Yeah. Well, I think there's there's space for both. There's space for winning time as a fictitious drama 
where there are, you know, there are some, you know, splices of reality and things that happened and maybe how things played out to some degree, but you know, you, you might ham it up a little bit because you're trying to produce a entertaining drama where magic Johnson's not involved and Pat Riley's not involved and Larry Bird's not involved in the production of winning time and things like that. And, you know, but then there's also, it's also nice to see documentaries, you know, like they call me magic. And, you know, I, you know, you and I have, you know, I have been talking about this, you know, Apple TV plus is really, you know, growing up me. Wait, hold on. You're going to have to excuse us folks. And maybe you'll edit this out later, but you dropped for a minute, more than a minute. Oh, okay. I, I You dropped right when you said there's certainly a space for both, uh, the documentary and winning time. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's room for both. Uh, in, in it, honestly, and I don't know if Apple had this pre-plan where it was going to come out in the height of winning time, where it's been a popular dramedy for HBO, obviously. Um, it's, it's certainly gotten itself into the sports talk, you know, whether it's Jerry West wanting to, you know, take action against HBO or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar chiming in as well. But, um, you know, this is a nice way for Apple to maybe insert their documentary and, and maybe get a few extra views because now you might get some crossover where some people that watch the documentary might flip it over to Winning Time and then some people watching Winning Time might want to flip over and watch a little bit more of a grounded in reality documentary. What do you think? Um, first of all, I think uh, Jerry West and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did HBO a huge favor. Oh, yeah. Because um, ever since the brouhaha over this and its accuracy over winning time came to light, the past several weeks, its audience has grown. So I've, I think there's a curiosity factor there because of all of this. Right. The problem for them, though, is even they, though it, they, they take serious dramatic license, the people who are tuning in are likely sticking around because of it's 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 fun piece of entertainment. Yeah. For yeah. lack of if if you can com, com, compartmentalize and 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 understand that they take dramatic license, you're going to have a good time and I I I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Jerry West has only helped them. Yeah. No, I agree and you know, like I said, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody's watching winning time to get like a documentary level knowledge of the, of the Showtime Lakers. But I will say that, you know, and, and even though this was the, the birth of the Showtime Lakers was before I was born, I did certainly grow up. <laughs> I did certainly grow up though in the mid eighties. And I loved watching basketball as a young kid. And I grew up with Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Isaiah Thomas and magic. And, but it's interesting that this show has shed light on certain things like, whether it's true or not, but, you know, I didn't know Jerry Tarkanian was a potential landing spot for the Lakers. And, you know, I didn't really, you could have said who's Jack McKinney. And I really wouldn't have known who Jack McKinney was before this series. And I think that that's part of, of the allure of the series and the documentary style of it, where you're getting to know people that maybe were on the periphery of the Magics and the Kareems and the Pat Riley's that you didn't have a chance to know, or unless you were like an, a, a ravenous fan back then, you might not have known who they were. Um, well, see, that's a nice thing about it. I, 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 
especially if we're being realistic, today's NBA fans don't know anybody beyond LeBron James. <laughs> so <laughs> that's as far back as the history goes. Yeah. I mean, no, you're right. I mean, for a lot of people, it starts with LeBron, it ends with LeBron. And right. if we're being honest, there's been several eras, let's call it the past 40 years, because that's what, 42 years, there was Bird and Magic, and then Jordan, and then LeBron. So I part of me gets it, but it's it's nice that they've been able to connect current audience, NBA fan, with that era. Because I'm sorry, I think the Showtime Lakers could play in today's NBA. Oh, yeah. And and do very well. Right. I mean, I love those teams. They had personality and they could ball. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, uh, you know, I, I think that you're right. A lot of people don't look at it beyond and we're talking like even like Allen Iversons and Kobe. I mean, some of these people that had great careers that are Charles Barkley, one of my favorite players growing up. You know, a lot of these people have fallen by the wayside in, in, in a Showtime Lakers, whether it's a documentary like They Call Me Magic or Winning Time, is at least, you know, kind of breaking some ground for some people that may have, you know, may not really they sleep on that a little bit because even though they see Magic Johnson on TV, they don't really, you know, some of them have never seen him play before or don't go back and watch clips of him playing, and they don't realize how great he was or how great those Lakers teams were and how they really revolutionized basketball. And that's what a series like Winning Time is doing now. It's having a lot of fun, and it's taking certain liberties that, you know, as they see fit, which is, that's fine. They're, you know, somehow or another, they must have gotten licensing rights because you're seeing even if it's just like slightly off logos, like the Lakers logos, you're still seeing Lakers, you know, Lakers across the chest of a jersey. You're seeing, you know, the Celtics. I mean, they they were at least able to get some licensing from the NBA or were able to, you know, fudge the copyrights or the trademarks to some degree to make it work to where they didn't have to not they couldn't do this or they had to fictionalize teams or fictionalize logos or whatever well I, it's interesting on facebook i had somebody in a a friend's uh facebook feed a friend happens to be uh he's he's specifically an, an nba sports writer and somebody wrote a comment on 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 his uh post about this the series uh, and he hates the series by the way it's like okay. this is all sacrosanct blah, blah, blah. it's sacred blah 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 and somebody posted that why didn't adam silver stop this thing hmm. it's like what the heck is adam adam <laughs> adam silver going to do yeah what is he going to do so right well you know i'm sort of of the mindset now not maybe in every single case but any publicity is good publicity you know the nfl must have allowed to some degree at least some of their teams i mean the miami dolphins were highlighted on the show ballers and we know the show ballers wasn't exactly 
you know, for every family member of, of you know, of your clan. So, you know, a, a show like, like Winning Time is going to, I think it kind of juices up the excitement of basketball and, and that's kind of what Ballers sort of did for HBO. And that's sort of what Entourage did for HBO with movies and making shows and TV and, you know, being a film star. It, it kind of heightens your your level of excitement. You know, it, it titillates a little bit and it shows you like it puts you in awe of, of some of the things that might have happened in the 1980s basketball scene, you know, and maybe you can equate that to what happens these days. Who knows? I happen to think that maybe that some actual realists run these thing run these things and they understand that no matter what image they cultivate right there's no squeaky clean anything i mean i, I i'm sorry i'm I, I sit in the midst of listening to what's when i'm in berea listening to what's going on with deshaun watson and you hear all this other stuff with other athletes and you realize these are people. And I think, and they're, they're prone to make, allegedly make stupid mistakes. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. I think you just have people now who understand that this is a reality, that our image isn't always going to be squeaky clean. And it's I think you're right. Some publicity is better than no publicity. I mean, I forget who wrote there's no such thing as bad publicity. I don't know that I necessarily disagree, but I don't think winning time necessarily shows the NBA in a bad light. I don't think so either. Yeah. I think it shows that a certain lifestyle can be not yeah. good for you. And there's a distinct difference in the two. Right. So maybe it's on that basis that they've looked at it and decided, hey, it's not worth it. Whereas the NFL with, what was the name of that series on ESPN? That they oh, Playmakers. The, yeah, they put the kibosh on after right. season by apparently strong-arming ESPN. So... You know, yeah, I don't know that they would do something like that these days because I think times have changed, and I think you know, the NFL has they've greenlit, you know, they work with HBO on hard knocks, they clearly worked with them on ballers because the Miami Dolphins, not just their name was said, but their logos. Their you know, John David Washington was wearing a football helmet of the Miami Dolphins in practice, and then he'd go and do his philandering and whatever. Um, not John David Washington, his character, but uh, I should say that. Oh, it was Sean David Washington. <laughs> but uh, you, know, you, know, you know, and you know, there are times where hard knocks is an exact. I mean, they're not the most family friendly thing, but it's also pro properly rated too, and people just have to determine if that's the kind of NFL you want your kids to watch or not watch. And you know, this is the same thing with with Winning Time. I mean, yeah, would you want your your preteen kids to watch winning time probably not i mean you you would be in the wrong in letting them but it's also properly rated mature audiences so it's an adult show it's a it's i you know i i just think it it really juices up some of the uh you know you, you kind of get bored a little bit with the nba now they're still stars but you know this kind of juices it up like this is the 
the flash and dash that was that was developed in the 80s that we now know today are there any stars i mean is there and being you you had showtime you had the bulls and i'm sorry to a certain degree you had the cavaliers and let's just call it again lebron is there anyone, anything like that in the NBA right now? I mean, people are, even though he probably would have won the scoring title, people are saying LeBron is on the, 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 the back end of his career. Okay. Yeah. I would never say that to his face because he internalizes that stuff and he comes back and he smacks you with reality right. and, and rises above it. But... um. Well, I, I think there's, I know what you're saying. Are you are you kind of saying like there's no team? Like there's there no is none. there's no can't yeah, I agree with you. There's no can't miss team, but it is a league that's full of stars, though. I mean Giannis or Kevin Durant or LeBron still, Devin Booker. I mean, yeah, are these guys on the same level as Magic or Larry Bird? No, but you're one also of them talking, is, but... well, one of them is, yeah. But you know, you're also talking about it, you got to put it in a, in a vacuum. Like Devin Booker's still young, and Giannis is young, and Embiid's still young, and those are the kind of guys that, if they keep doing this for the next, insert five, six, seven, eight, nine years, they're going to be looked at as great players and all time greats, or, you know, whatever you, however you want to differentiate, you know, based on, position or era that they played in. I mean, they're still talented players. Embiid does things that many seven footers never would have thought about doing in the night, even pre 19, especially the pre 1980s. But, you know, it, there are still stars or maybe not be that, that team that stands out because, you know, last year we have Milwaukee and Phoenix in the finals. And even though you had a great collection of players between the two teams, not, you know, none of those teams really stand out in the pantheon of great NBA finals teams, but yeah. If, if, but if Milwaukee were to go on a run here and win three straight titles or two out of three or three out of four or, or three in five years, don't you kind of have to put Milwaukee into that, that category then because they've dominated the league like those Pistons teams, Bulls and Lakers and Celtics? I think we're talking two, two different things. You're, you're talking team and performance. I'm talking about team and flash and to a certain degree you know the lakers remain the ultimate in flash okay right of that era they remain right. the ultimate in flash the bulls had it to a certain degree the Cavs with lebron had it to a lesser degree they were the baddest dudes on the block, except for the Warriors. I'm sorry, I shouldn't disrespect the Warriors because the Warriors even had it to a to a certain degree. Right. Sorry if there are Golden State fans out there. I don't mean <laughs> to disrespect you. Respect gets respect. So I I don't see a team like that with that flash, with that with that charisma factor. Right now, it, it, it's great for the NBA right now because right now. Players like Giannis and Joel Embiid and Devin Booker probably present that image that the league likes, prefers. 
I don't recall any of them ever getting in any type of trouble yet. Right. Preface that. Yeah. Right. Do you think part of it, though, is the Lakers were so ahead of their time? Like everybody was playing this dump the ball in the post, hook shot, rebound, walk it up the floor. Now everybody sort of plays a similar style. And then the, the biggest differentiation between the teams is who's willing to play defense and maybe who's not. But everybody plays sort of this motion offense like you would see with the Showtime Lakers where it's not dump it into Kareem and let him go to town and eventually he'll get you enough points, you'll win a lot of games. But nowadays it seems like teams just play this similar Showtime-inspired style. There's not a lot of teams that just say, let's get into the half court and just bog down the game. Like People don't usually do that. Maybe do you think that has something to do with the flash maybe not standing out as much because everybody does the same kind of motion offense and, and similar Lakers style? I, I wouldn't say it's similar. The, the, there, there definitely is no half court offense. Nobody, nobody grinding it out like the the Pistons did at one point. But what I hate, absolutely hate, about today's NBA is that their version of flash is a bunch of guys shooting three pointers. Yeah, and I think. That's what made the the Cavaliers this this season's Cavaliers so refreshing, right? Yeah, and that they were they played defense and they ran oh, everything through their big men. So I I don't know if you call that flash or or, or not what you're talking about, but. Right. Well, you know, look at what winning time has done. And also, they call me magic. It's gotten us to talk about basketball for 20 minutes, which we have not done. So, you know, I mean, winning time is, uh, has certainly infused a little bit of excitement into the NBA. And I agree with you, you know, Jerry West and Kareem probably, you know, exacerbating that. You know, they're giving HBO the publicity they want because now people are going to be like, wow, Jerry West is so upset about his portrayal on this show. We have to watch to see how crazy it is and that's it's crazy and it's crazy yeah. but you know it's hard to know what's fact versus fiction because you know jerry west even though he's sort of been a public figure for a long time you don't really know jerry west behind the scenes nope you don't know how he interacts with people in the league or how he feels about certain things other than you know what you see as a president gm you know whatever he's been over the years same thing with Kareem or Magic, and you know that's that's sort of the allure of winning time is you get sort of a a different behind the scenes, you know, not not knowing exactly what's going on with they call me Magic, but you know it's probably gonna either gloss over or totally not even touch on some of the things that we know Magic has done over the years and what's gone on in his life, so. You know, that's part of it where you got to be all in or you probably shouldn't be all, you know, in at all. But winning time is just giving us an entertaining ride. And I've I've enjoyed, you know, the, the first seven episodes so far. And I'm excited that it got renewed and it seems to be picking up steam and getting a bigger audience every week. And, you know, well, it's definitely getting a bigger, bigger audience every week. That's that's been documented. Yeah. There's a variety story on it a couple days ago. 
Well, you can see they call me magic on Apple TV Plus. I know we've talked about Apple TV Plus a lot lately. Um, you got me into it last year with Ted Lasso, and I've not looked back since. Um, you know, there's other shows out there that I'm interested in checking out. You've talked about the the quality over the quantity. They've added Major League Baseball. It looks like they're closing in on the NFL Sunday ticket package, possibly. Um, you know, Apple's making some moves. I mentioned on Facebook that they're going to keep my money for a few more years as they're uh, developing a Metropolis uh, pro, you know, either limited series or series, uh, you know, based off the Fritz Lang movie. So I'm excited about that. Um, what do you, what do you, you know, they won Best Picture with Coda. What do you make of uh, Apple TV Plus having just seen uh, the documentary and some of the other offerings they have and will be having soon? Uh, you know what? As long as they, right now they're the anti-Netflix. That's what it is. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yeah. Um, you know, as long as they keep putting out, as long as they keep that mantra, and and you know what, it's amazing how it's how how the the the, I don't know what you call this side of Apple, I guess it's the TV side has absorbed the the ethos of the the electronic side and side in that Steve Jobs was Jobs was always about people will pay more for quality products yeah. and that I think that's that's what you're seeing it's like we prefer to have the quality as opposed to a billion eyeball or the a billion shows and right now it's paying off for them whether it lasts remains to be seen I I think they may have dropped the ball by not outbidding Amazon for um, MGM, mm, which would yeah. have given them a library yeah. with which to work. But, you know, my current Apple TV subscription, because I get it through T-Mobile, isn't up until next year. Yeah. I'm on a free ride. So... <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. And see, I'm hooked on foundation. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting its return. Obviously, there's going to be a new season of Ted Lasso. Yeah. I'm still working on uh, After Party right now. Okay. And I, I'm going to get – did you mention Severance? Was that you? I, I mentioned it, uh, what, two weeks ago or whenever we last spoke just to see if you had checked it out because I'm interested. Uh, I think we've kind of – my wife and I have gone to the morning show – to start that and we've enjoyed that so far but i wanted to see if you had watched severance yet now i, th I think that's next up for me okay so yeah i short answer to your question i i love what they're yeah. doing and it's it's akin to a miracle for me to have <laughs> much nice to say about apple in yes. any regard so same here well, and, you know, I, I bring that up because obviously we just talked about They Call Me Magic, which will be on Apple TV Plus uh, starting on April 22nd, all four episodes, too, which is nice. Um, but Netflix, you know, they've gotten competitors over the years and they're starting to lose a little ground. They were losing ground at Disney Plus. I still think at some point, especially with this uh, Discovery and, and HBO Max merger, that, you know, HBO Max is going to maybe close the gap even further but Netflix reported 200,000 subscribers lost in the first quarter. They're expecting to lose another 2 million in the next quarter. Uh, what do you kind of attribute to this collapse here for the 
giant, the monopoly that it once was of streaming. You know, I think it's less about competition, although that plays a role in it. I think it goes back to what we've discussed before, that you have all these other streamers who have come in with established libraries and they can be more selective about what they put on their services. You're seeing them bringing all of their intellectual property back from other streamers like Netflix, which lived on other people's IP forever by licensing it. And you see Netflix producing, for lack of a better term, less than quality programming. Right. I mean, I think Bridgerton is their most recent, most recent buzzworthy show. I've not watched it. Right. I have no interest in watching it. And I'll be honest with you, the last thing I watched on Netflix was a Samuel L. Jackson movie from 2007 where I saw somebody had nice words to say about it. And I had, it, it the movie ran 97 minutes and I had about 110 minutes to kill. So I figured, <laughs> why not? It wasn't even theirs, so. Yeah, I, you know, Here's my thought. I, I completely agree with everything you said. I, I don't know if there's an easy fix for Netflix because they still are sort of the, the king right now, but people are gaining on them and they'll continue to gain on them. I, I guess, and I'm, I'm assuming you'd share the same sentiment, but I think they need to do less. Invest, you know, their movies, you know, they've invested into, you know, Oscar caliber films, which I think they should continue doing. But as far as their TV side, you know, they it seems like they kind of do things just to piss people off, whether it's cancel a show that's actually been well received after two or three seasons or one season. And, you know, they build up all this buzz, like Cowboy Bebop had a lot of buzz, and then they cancel it after one season. Now, I'm not, I didn't watch it. I don't know if it's any good. I know you saw maybe an episode or two, but, you know, they get rid of that kind of stuff that people are clamoring for. And then they give you like three or four different He-Man spinoffs. And it seems like they just need to scale back and spend wisely as opposed to, this unwise spending method of just green lighting every, I mean, that's the running joke. It's been a running joke in South park where it's like they answer the phone and you're greenlit right away. They need to, I think they need to go back and just say, let's scale back, maybe build up our libraries of quality content and people will return. You know, they want quality content and I think there's too much of it on Netflix. I don't even know that people will return. Okay. Um, it's like I told you. I've told you before. I would have canceled a couple years ago, except my kids fought me on it, and I make them pay for it. Right. I don't pay for it. What, uh, what do you think's the way to save it? Like, how do they how do they recoup? I mean, they can talk about password sharing and cracking down all they want. That's not the problem they're facing right now. The problem they're facing is people are canceling because they don't want it. What What do you? How do you think they can get those people? to stop canceling or come back or just retain what they absolutely can with who they have now. 
the question I have for you is we we keep harping on the fact that they don't have much of a library, but how extensive is their their library and how much money does Apple have? Well, Apple has all the money in the world. I mean, they can do whatever they feel like. So there we go. But they couldn't. They didn't. They didn't want to outbid Amazon for MGM. That's true. I'm, I'm giving you a hypothetical. Right. Best way for Netflix to possibly save itself is sell itself. I mean, that's that's just a thought. Um, at this point, does Apple TV need them? Probably not. I guess it depends on how much that how much of a library. Yeah. Is there? It's hard to tell what they do and do not own. Yeah, that's true. As far as their their their, I have no problems with what they do. As far as cinematically, they've proven that they, yeah, it can work with the right people to do quality yeah. films. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at a a mini poster for Tick Tick Boom right now. Yeah, and I I love that movie. Um. They're getting Oscar nominations, so they're doing something right. They're getting right. the respect that they they clamored for when they released God. What was the movie that made paint that was that was worse than than watching paint dry? Uh, probably insulted a couple people. <laughs> I don't want to throw any names out there because I don't want to assume that you hated it or. You know, or it whatever. Was a, it was a slog, and you know they've they've come a long way since then. And and what they what they're releasing cinematically has been able to balance the commercial with the artistic. That's yeah, right. That's the the beauty of it. Yeah, I mean they've they've consistently been in the Oscar race now for the better part of half a decade, and. You know, it seems like they they've zeroed in on on what they need to do film wise, but maybe it's the TV side that's, you know, the snake is eating its own tail kind of thing. Like maybe they should just shift their focus. I mean, you know, they they talk about all these movies. You know, The Irishman apparently did well for them, even though it cost a boatload of money. I mean, it, well, it was one of their most watched movies i mean no i'm not disputing that i just i'm giving you faces because it's a slog <laughs> right but you know they 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 talk about that and and then they have you know the 50 ryan reynolds movies that they've made in like five months with him you know and, and those very well very well you know zach snyder's worked with them they they seem to have had anybody and everybody you know martin scorsese's working with them you know they 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 get top shelf talent, you know. I mean, it, it seems like they're where they want to be, but it doesn't seem like it's fitting right now because the TV side seems to be holding them back. Yeah, holding them back to a large degree. But um, what 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 else are you watching? Is there anything that you're streaming or getting ready to stream? What are you getting ready to to watch? You know what, Netflix. <laughs> well, there is. I gotta and, and see. I as much as I I I, I bag on them. I like working with them because they, if something interests you, they will provide a, a review copy. Sure. So they have an adaptation of a Matthew McConaughey film coming out. That's oh, the by, by David E. Kelly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
uh, it's an adaptation of the Lincoln Lawyer, yeah, which has me intrigued. So, um, I think I'm going to start with that this weekend if I'm not enjoying the weather too much. Okay, I just got done uh, watching Minx on HBO Max. I don't know that you've heard of Minx or Male Centerfolds. Yeah, it's it's actually a pretty good show. Um, you know, Jake Johnson probably gives some of his best work as this uh, sleazy uh, female sleazy magazine uh, publisher, but he decides to work with this uh, self-proclaimed feminist who wants to break into the magazine world of the 1970s. And uh, they do, as you say, go into the male centerfold uh, avenue. God um, knows there's no time sleazier than the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> Los Angeles in the 70s, yeah. But uh, there's some interesting play between those two, but then also the politics of uh, you know the new council member who's trying to rid the the valley of pornography and it's 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 kind of an interesting show, not a bad watch, you know, 10 episodes, half hour each, just kind of breezed right through them and uh, you know, I'm interested for a second season if they decide to go that route. I I have I've heard about it. I've not checked it out. I've been curious. Yeah, male centerfold kind of. <laughs> it's like I, I've seen Magic Mike. So well, know. you don't. There's not a lot left to be desired uh, for the uh, imagination in that in the show. But um, it's it's nothing that you haven't already seen on an HBO show. You know, like a Game of Thrones or whatever you want to insert that tends to uh, highlight appendages in their programming, but uh, not a bad show though. So, okay. and I know that, uh, you know, I, I definitely want to get uh, going here on the flight attendant season two. I thought that was a pretty pleasant surprise uh, when it first debuted on HBO max. Kaylee Cuoco gives a great performance. Into it. Okay. Did you, did you watch it or you just I had tried a couple episodes? I'm like, yeah, this isn't for me. It builds, uh, it builds a little bit better, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a little overproduced, I think. The some of the camera shots and some of the the, the background music choices, but Kelly Cuoco brings it around pretty well with her performance. Uh, so I'm, I am interested in season two of that um, moving forward. But uh, you know, I mean, I was hoping that we were going to talk about maybe the unbearable weight of massive talent or the Northmen. Um, you know, did you did you miss out on those screeners? They didn't screen them. Really. Um, yeah, um, Iron or Lionsgate is funky in town anymore. Okay, they don't have a local rep. Oh, okay. So, wow. And the Northman, I just straight out miss because I oh. had something else going on. Okay. Uh, well, what's coming up next week for you? I know we're getting closer to some of the bigger releases, but what's coming up next week? Next if week anything. is the 29th. You know what? There may not be much of anything. I mean, it's everybody's. No, there isn't. There's no movie release next week. Getting out of the way of uh, it's, Doctor Strange too, I would guess. But it, uh, it's like it's like the the courtesy of the pandemic. Yeah, the movie release schedule has quasi corrected itself. You know, I don't know if you remember the days when the summer movie season started Memorial Day weekend. Right. Yep. I mean, I saw Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade a Memorial Day weekend. That was the official start of summer. Then the next thing you know, uh, 
it creeps further up in May and, and Twister's responsible for that. Right. And then all of a sudden, with the success of Twister, all bets are off. And sure enough, summer movie season starting in April. Yes, it is. Yeah. So now we're getting, I think, a course correction. And first weekend in May, which became the traditional start of summer for a while there. So everything's just cleared out. Yeah. Now, well, we did get fantastic. Well, we did get we did get fantastic beasts last week. I, I mean, I, no one saw it, right? <laughs> Considering what they were hoping it would do box office wise, but uh, yeah, you're right. I think we're getting a little bit of a correction here. Although it seems like at this point, with how movies are going with streaming versus people not going to the theaters, unless it's a Marvel or DC movie, that maybe the whole year will just become a Marvel and DC release and. The whole move, the whole calendar will be a summer movie season because you're going to get fewer and fewer dramas or Oscar contenders or whatever you want to insert in the month of January. That's terrible from last year that you didn't want to release the year before. Well, so here here's what's interesting. I'm I'm looking at the release calendar locally, and when Doctor Strange comes out. None of the stream streamers that this agency works with is releasing anything. Okay. Nothing. So they're giving over to the fact that they believe people will be going back into theaters. Well, um, they, maybe they're going to go see the 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 new Liam Neeson movie, Memory. You know, next week. <laughs> okay. As if he hasn't done the same movie like for the last. 10 years or whatever, but you know, more, more power to him though. He deserves the paycheck. He's, he doesn't need to, to do any serious dramas. He's done those before. He knows, you know, people know he can act. So man's got to eat. Yeah. And see, uh, I'm looking at the other agency. It's all theatrical with the exception of one Amazon release Memorial day weekend. Okay. So Interesting. Well, I'm sure we'll find something to talk about. If not, we can take the week off and get back at it with Dr. Strange. Um, obviously, a lot of people are going to be interested to hear your thoughts on that. Um, have you had a chance to check out the Batman in 4K on HBO Max yet? You know what? I put it on. I told myself it was going to be for a half hour. And I ended up sitting and watching the entire thing Monday. What'd you think? I found something I always I generally find something new to appreciate. I I appreciate my Dolby Atmos very much. Yeah. How's that? I, well, yeah, I would I would guess that, and especially once it gets onto hard copy discs, it'll probably look Be better. even better. Yeah, but uh, I was kind of curious to. I wanted to ask you how how the Dolby Vision and the Dolby Atmos track. Well, the, the, with you. I'm one of those guys that, regardless, I'm going to turn my lights off Yeah, when I'm watching a movie. So it really looked spectacular. It really did, even for streaming. Yeah. I can only imagine what the, the, the 4K is going to look like from disc. Yeah, I was, um, you know, I, I checked it out and I didn't watch the entire, the entirety of the film, but, uh, 
I did want to kind of cross reference it with the Dolby Cinema experience that I had. And I the, the problem with me is that with the Samsung TV, I don't get the benefits of uh, Atmos Track and Dolby Vision. So um, it was a pretty nice HDR render, though. But um, yeah, definitely uh, would love to get a TV that will be able to take advantage of all of that, though, too. Are you using the apps on the television? We have a uh, Amazon 4K stick, but we actually put that upstairs in a smaller TV in our bedroom. Um, but when we do need to, I like to bring it down to uh, get a little bit better quality from okay. the TV apps itself. Yeah. Okay. I was just wondering. It's like they they recommend you not right use the TV the the built-in TV apps. I know that um, each of my devices have uh, 4K or Dolby Vision. So, okay. yeah, that's one thing we didn't think about when I mean we love our TV, but uh, that's one thing with Samsung we just do not we do not get. So it's unfortunate, but uh, you know the one the one TV app though that tends to, to still look fine is Amazon. We still get we get HDR 10 plus out of the the Amazon TV app, which is sort of sort of surprising because, you know, everything else we get in HDR, but then Amazon Prime HDR 10 plus when we use the TV app, which is kind of nice, and it looks great. Oh yeah. So, all right, George. Well, we will talk more next week. We definitely appreciate you stopping by. As always, you can read everything that George has in the Akron Beacon Journal, BeaconJournal.com. Follow him on Twitter at by George Thomas. George, it was great talking to you. We'll see you next week. All right. Take it easy, Craig. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.